Word met. Whatever happened to the dream you had when you said, One day I'm gonna be so high in the sky, I'm gonna be no different from a bird's kiss. I'm a pilot. I got so much compassion in my heart, and in this lifetime, I'm gonna help as many people as I can because I'm a nurse. The whole world's gonna know about me, and everybody's gonna hear my name because I am a star. I'm gonna help build the best houses with the best foundations and the best buildings in the world in this lifetime because I'm an architect and that's who I am. See, at the time that your vision took flight, you took pictures of what you wanted to be and you placed them on the wall of your bedroom because in your mind you were so convinced that you could become that and so much more. And now, and now. Capital 263. Hello, good people. My name is Cassie and my co-host. My name is Sue. <laughs> Sue, okay, cool. So we we are here again for another incredible episode of Career Pod, and uh, we we are your vital career information portal. This is a weekly podcast where we talk about career decisions, the changes, transitions. We try to dream big, starts now, start small. So today in our studios we have um, this good-looking guy. He's going to introduce himself. <laughs> Introduce <laughs> Um I'm Christian Hassan. Okay, cool. So, um, Christian Hassan is from uh, Sky, uh, Sky, sorry, uh, Skyline Education Africa, right? Yeah. Mm. So today we're talking about what they do and the things they go about. About okay, specifically about um, scholarships and other projects that they do. So. Like I said, um, I have a rule. You give a profile of yourself, what you do there, your position there, or other accomplishments in life. All right. Um, again, I'm Christian. I'm the janitor. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, um, yeah. well, I'm from Havila Education Africa, one of the secretaries, um, and Sala in Education Africa. Let me also explain the the relationship between Sala and Education Africa. We are a... But please don't go deep because it might just spoil my podcast. I might not have anything to say. <laughs> well, Sala and Education Africa, we're a 10-year-old edu- education organization. Um, for the past 10 years, actually 11 years now, for the past 10 to 11 years, we mainly focused on scholarships, international scholarships, different universities, different countries. Um we have dealt and deal with countries which include China, Canada, Malaysia, North and South Cyprus, Hungary, Spain, um, and recently also venturing into Poland, Switzerland. Did I say China? Yeah, you did say you China. Know, I can say twice China again. <laughs> So yes, um, so the, for the past 10 years, that's what we did. And now we are really focusing also on the local education, cool. which is where Havila is. Can I stop there so I don't Yeah, you can stop there, definitely. <laughs> okay, about your services, um, do you offer full scholarships or someone is just coming to your offices asking on a consultation basis on uh, maybe they want to study in Poland, in China? Um, what are your services in specific? 
Well, we are under the education umbrella. So what we do is, first of all, we are not age limited and we are not only vested in universities. Okay. So the way we serve people, firstly, we give free career guidance, which tells us and the person which program they want to study because most people don't know what they want to study when they come out of high school. They just do something and then after four years they regret doing it and it's, you know, it's, it's hard to then start again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know some have the experience. So we give career guidance first. Um, after career guidance we then give you a list of schools that serve the best education and also reasonable pricing. That's either on scholarship, what we call negotiated fees. Scholarship is us making payment for you or us agreeing with the school to make payment for you. Negotiated fees means that it's just fees deducted. Yes. So um, depending on where the person has to go, we look for, for example, it doesn't make sense for someone who wants to do law to graduate in China. No offense to anyone who goes to China, no, but I'm just saying, um, if you're doing something like that, you want to go to a place where law is really enforced. Okay, so you're looking at maybe Europe, you're looking at maybe England, Poland, Ireland, and maybe all the other lands. Um, those people, you know, they're really strict when it comes to human rights. You step on their toes, they want to sue you. So, of course, as a lawyer, you want to go to a place like that where there is a lot of need for you, okay? So that's how we do placement because um, now it's a career that we're talking about. It's not just a subject. So this is something that you'll be doing for probably the rest of your life, 30, 40, 50 years on. So um, it has to be something that is properly placed and something that is future relevant, something that is still there in the future that is not too challenged with technology. Okay, cool. So um, you mentioned that um, you do like maybe negotiated fees or scholarships. So on the scholarship part, do you offer 100% scholarships or 25%? What exactly goes about? All right. So we have different packages on scholarships. We have um, from 50%, 50%, 75%, 70% as well and 100%. But what we cover is tuition scholarships. Okay. So we do not then cover your accommodation. Tuition, it, it means basically we're paying your school fees. So if it's 100%, for example, you're doing 100% in Turkey, we're paying about 6.5 for you. Yeah. And then you're left with about maybe 1.5 or so to pay for accommodation per year and uh, health insurance. Yes. And then when it's on 75% tuition scholarship, we're paying maybe about 5000 for you and you're left with well, 1.540 for um, tuition and then maybe another 1.5 for accommodation. When it's on 50%, we're covering about 4000 for you, 4000 to 4.5 depending on the school. And you're left with also about 4 to 4.5 depending on the school including accommodation okay yes so let's say i applied already to um a school in europe for yeah. graduate studies and then i come to your offices um seeking assistance maybe in terms of my tuition i can cover maybe my afa my accommodation my food mm -hmm. do you offer also offer those uh, kind of services well what we do is 
to get scholarships, we negotiate for them. So to get scholarships, we target specific schools and specific governments. People that need, say, uh, say in Canada, people need nurses. And then we tell them we can provide nurses to you, but maybe give us 10 to 20 spots for scholarship, and then the rest of the people can pay their full tuition. So the way the scholarship works, it's not just us paying, it's also very strategic. So we then cannot fund any other school. We have specific schools. Yes. All right. Oh, so students that learn outside um, the country, like they do their degree programs outside the country, when they come back home, are those degrees relevant? Like you talked about law, mm -hmm. but um, considering that laws in, uh, in every country are different from the other, um, are there any uh, degrees or are there any situations where someone studies a degree program outside the country and they come home, it's not relevant in their country? Well, one of the things that we are keen to do is we do our homework on accreditation. Yeah, we make sure that all the schools that we send students to are fully accredited. It means that it's recognized internationally um, almost anywhere in the world. Okay, and then for some things, it's a very good question actually, that if someone wants to come and work back home, firstly, there are some programs that we would not advise you to come back and work at home because it is an advantage when you're working out there and reinvesting at home anyway. It's an advantage for Zimbabwe. Plus if they invest. <laughs> yes. um, because realistically speaking, there are some programs that are not as relevant locally. Okay. Yeah, true that. Like, um, I usually give the example of psychology. It's a good program, but then it's more relevant out of, out of Zimbabwe or maybe out of Africa per se than within the borders. Why? Because when you do something like that, you're looking mostly at some social work to do with consulting people. And then you find Zimbabweans when they have problems, they're not coming to you for consultation, they're going to the pastor. So that means automatically... The pastor has every answer for everything. You know? So, so that means that um, you're out of the job, not because you do not have a relevant degree, but because there is no need for what you're doing. So depending on what you want to do, we, we, we advise you. If you want to do something that has to do with agriculture, mining, something that has to do with maybe engineering, solar, what, what, that's okay for back in Zimbabwe because we have those. Yeah. But then uh, you, you, we cannot keep flooding sectors that, you know, there are already 10,000 people in that sector graduating every, every year and there are no jobs because there's no need for it. Okay. Yeah. So I, I I don't know if, if this is gonna get you fired or whatever. <laughs> like um, you know, in Zim to to get um for a company to be running or for a company to be pumping out money is really difficult. So where do you guys get your funding, get your money to be able to pay for those students who you um, fund for scholarships? Awesome question. <laughs> Um, so now that's where Havina comes in, okay. Havina Education Africa. We are that part of Starline that has to do with um, the fundraising locally. Mm -hmm. Okay. So currently we are looking at um, joining in some projects with uh, the Zimbabwean Tourism Association and um, actually a few more people, but then just for example that one. We want to start funding education 
from tourism. Okay, you find that there are a lot of people in Zimbabwe who haven't went to maybe Vic Falls or Kariba, etc. Um, because firstly, they don't know most of, a lot about it, and secondly, they haven't been given an installment plan. So we want to give to to structure it in such a way that it accommodates the Zimbabwean to want to go out there, and by them going out there, part of their funds funds education. Yes, so we are having we we have quite a few projects that are there, and also for an example of what we have done before. We have um, installed computers in maybe roughly 40, 50 schools um, from 2006 up to 2008. And um, also we have, well, we've done a lot of things. I'm, I'm trying to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> one. Um, and also we have uh, renovated a school, Donozo. Um, it's in the outskirts which is also where we are trying to focus on now. Okay. We're trying to work with it from outside coming back in. It's a primary school, Donald's a primary school. Um, the funding for that came from the Japanese embassy. Okay. Yes. So we did not we, we didn't do everything ourselves. There's some people also, some good Samaritans out there. Yeah. Who are like, no, you know what? We are interested in doing such and, and such. So sometimes we make proposals for people and uh, when they're interested in, in undertaking a certain project, then we join with them. We also in, in a joint venture with NACA Foundation. They've also been doing the same for about um, eight to 10 years now. Yeah. So you find the funding for that one place was around 83,000. Yeah. We didn't make the whole 83,000 on our own. It was mostly the Japanese embassy that did that. Yeah. So we don't take all the credit. <laughs> yeah, we don't take all the credit. The good people out there who also end up in funding. So it's people funding and projects that we're running. Yes. Okay. So do you have any local universities or schools that you're working with? Well, local universities. The, the problem with that is um, naturally when you go to a university and tell them that you're sending students out to other universities, that becomes competition. <laughs> yeah, that becomes that becomes. But there's always competition. Yes, there, there, there is always competition. But um, the reality is, as much as that would be a good thing, um, it's easier for us to meet as a forum. Okay, as an educational forum, uh, which is also something that we're working on now. We're trying to make an education forum where anyone who's into education comes. We talk about things, we talk about solutions, because you find um, there's certain things that were written from the 90s, which were acts that were supposed to be done in education and until now they haven't been tackled. So there are those things that we are trying to tackle now as the whole educational board. We cannot wait for the whole thing to be done by government because at the end of the day, we're all Zimbabweans. Yeah, true that. Yeah. That's very true. Um, uh, so I'd like to understand or get the statistics of um, how many students, preferably if you know, yeah. how many students have actually helped out there to get scholarships and they've gone to learn in different countries? Quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we've had some students who just go um, on negotiated fees because also sometimes people like the word scholarship, but then when you get to think of it really, 
you find that uh, it, it, it's not really that cheap. Okay. Mm-hmm. For example, if you want to go for a scholarship in Germany, we can get you a 100% tuition scholarship, no problem. But then you're then paying about $350 per month for your accommodation. You calculate that per year, then you find out that you would have went somewhere else without the word without the, the word scholarship. scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there's some people who went to, say, Ukraine, Russia, and those places, the fees can start from maybe 1.6 per year and the accommodation 650. So all in all, you're looking at maybe six, no, not six, about 3,000. Okay. 3,000 at most, 2.6 going somewhere there. Um, those kind of people, maybe we've sent about 100, 200 because we've mostly been doing that since last year. Yes. And then we have some people who went on 100%. Um, I put those on maybe 700 or so. Yeah, maybe 700 or so. We've had some people who went on um, 75% tuition scholarship. Those maybe I put on 300 or so because it's limited. It's uh, only in tourism management and journalism. Yeah. And then we've had students who went on 50%. Um, I put them roughly on a thousand students yeah because now that's that's a wider range all right yeah cool um so like since you guys say you like when a student comes or whoever comes Mm -hmm. and they ask for services and you give that career guidance and you also help them out whilst they are still there they're still um doing their studies so what happens say um if let's say i'm a student and i'm in germany and then I do something probably this probably might get me arrested, let's just say, for argument's <laughs> sake. Like get me arrested. Oh so does that affect um my scholarship? Do you have any nitty gritties or you know that silver lining on the contract to say if you do this we're going to, you know, catch you catch on you off contract. on the Sounds contract. Yes, on the contract. Um, well, the fact that you're on scholarship, it doesn't make you exempt from being expelled. Yeah. So the people out there are really strict, uh, maybe even more strict than, than, than back in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how you find a small, any small story that happens there. If it happened in Zimbabwe, maybe it would have been just a mellow story. But then out there, if it happens, it's a big one. Maybe it even hits the newspaper. Uh, Zimbabwean students found with drugs or something like that. Um, that's something that when back at home, you can you, you can find a student with weed and you're like, oh, student has weed. And that's it. It's finished. It's no more. It's no more. <laughs> but then if that ever happens in Dubai, that is a really, really, um, it, it's a huge criminal offense. Okay. So um, it's blown out of proportion firstly. And secondly, you're not exempt from being expelled. The expelling out there, it's actually way stricter than the one back home. So yes, you can be expelled. But then when it comes to the scholarship, when it comes to scholarship, we are funding your academic scholarship for four years. That is under the condition that you're not expelled, of course. Um, And within the four years, no matter you fail or whether you fail or not, you still have the scholarship. But then if you then have to carry forward after the four years, then you might have to be paying on your own. Wow. 
Yeah, but then when it comes to the scholarship, it's it's a guarantee that you have it for four years. But then you're any normal student, you can be expelled, um, and you can be put on any kind of punishment. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so, what other services does Starline offer besides career guidance and scholarships? Okay. Um, Starline mainly is on career guidance and scholarships because the way Starline started was Starline City Career Center. All right. Okay. It was mainly on. It was. It was mainly embedded on careers. But then Havila now, Havila is born out of Starline. That is the one which is now outside the box. So now through Havila, what we do is we we offer education not only to university students. We offer education to primary, secondary students. Uh, We offer career guidance to high school students. We offer scholarships in special cases to even primary and secondary um, education as well. And also adult learning and adult education, financial education as well. So what we've done recently is we have signed up with a few banks so that we can talk to different civil servants, people who are working within the government. We can give them some financial literacy. We can tell them you guys can invest in this, etc., etc. And after the whole education is done, we will tell them how much they need and where they can get it. Okay. Um, I like the part where you talk about um, um, career guidance and studying on primary levels. Because yeah. I think the difference, should I say, Zimbabweans or Africans in general with uh, developed countries is that. Um, we tend to want to then educate our kids on career guidance when they are now at form four, mm-hmm. when they are not about to pass or like, oh, Saka, um, or A level. No, after A level, then they'll ask you, okay, so what do you want to do? And it's already late. You know, so yeah. at least when you start at primary, you start at primary level, mm-hmm. um, the kids grow up with that focus on knowing what they want to do and they already don't have to feel the burden of saying um, and, uh, well, I have commercials, I have arts, I have sciences I don't even know what to do but I'm just doing everything because I'll, I'll see it when I get there yeah. so yeah, I, I, I employ you guys for that Yeah, true. Um, it's, it's something dangerous to talk about because it's a promise um, but what we're trying to do in the next 10 years at most is we're trying to create a system whereby um, primary education can be fully funded. Yeah, because there's no reason why any student shouldn't be able to go to primary school. By funding primary education, that allows the parents to save for high school and university, etc. It means there are lesser dropouts. And also it means that we have an influence in the education and how people are learning. Now, the formidable years of a human being are from 1 to 12. Between the ages 1 and 12, you can teach them and they, that, that's when they grasp manners, that's when they grasp um, basically anything, really. That's when you teach them how to save, that's when you teach them how to... You give them a small piggy bank and they grow up with it. That's when you teach them manners. Anything that you teach to a child before and until they're 12, they get it in the, into their heads. You see, why is this man alive? Solomon says, turn up a child in a way he should grow and he's grown and never depart from it. 
that's profit. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm quoting the Bible. So. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you find um, as Africans, we need to really strengthen ourselves when it comes to teaching those ages from 12 and below. Why? Because by the time they get to high school, if they know how to save, that's okay. Trying to teach them, trying to unteach them now, that's the problem. Because if from grade one up to seven, uh, they, all they know is spend, spend, spend. If I get my five rand, I'm going to buy a frizit and maputi and what, 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 and all of it is finished. And then you never teach them that, you know, from the five, you have to save one. It then becomes a problem to teach even people that are grown now that, you know, from your pay, from the 200, you have to save for your children. Because you see the difference between us and um, developed countries, as you would call them, the least, uh, the least racist way to say it, um, <laughs> is with them, you find, okay, let's just call a spade a spade. You find the white child when, when they're starting off, they already have like 100,000 in their account. Yeah. The money is waiting for them to find a plan. But then for the African child now, we have a lot of plans, but no money. We are all starting from zero, <laughs> you see. And the problem is even, even me, the one who has started from zero, when I get to the age where I'm supposed to save for my children and, and in grandchildren, I'm busy buying things that don't even make sense. Or buying... trying to pay off loans. Yeah, you know, we, I, 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 I'm, I'm, try, I, I'm buying like a $5,000 watch that still tells me it's 12 o'clock just the same way I would with any other watch. So we have an impulsive spending habit in a way that doesn't allow us to then save for future generations. Now, if we begin to put that mentality, because of course we can only panel beat these guys who are already grown, but then if we can start teaching that to our kids, teach them how to save, teach them that it's not all about you, it's about the generations that are to come. Because at the end of the day, progress is it's group work. You cannot say that uh, one person makes progress or one person breaks progress. We all have to do it as a nation. So teach all the primary students how to do so, so that by the time maybe two or three generations from now, the African, the African mind can also say that I invented such and such a thing. Yeah, true that. Yeah. I remember, um, who was this? I don't know, it was the president or some minister where they were, they were saying that, uh, imagine countries like China where a grade two students can just make up a phone, can create a phone, can develop a phone. So if our, if our kids start having that same mentality of saving, of uh, starting to create ideas at a young age, by the time they've grown up, they would have been way so advanced yeah because you see the, the challenge that we have is i have ideas but then i do not have the resources to show what is in my mind you see um if as soon as i finish university there's already enough money for me to start whatever company i was planning to start then that's okay i can actually start and invent something but then if then i have to start from zero if to make a plane, I have to go out and start selling tomatoes first. <laughs> and then the only time I'm able to try to build a plane is when I'm 40. And by that time, I already have kids who are waiting for the and money great. back home. The wife, I already have. Don't forget kids. extended relatives. We Africans, we take exactly. your... <laughs> so, 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 you see, it then becomes difficult. 
So as much as we have very, very brilliant, smart people, it's hard for us to get it out there because they, they, there's nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still have to start from zero. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, um, guys, you've been listening. So before we close up, I'll, what's your one last take-home uh, thing you want to give to our audience? <sighs> okay, my 20 last takes are... <laughs> okay, You're so, funny. Um, well, one of the things that we are trying to do as Havila is we're trying to incorporate people in different places. Mm-hmm. So um, we're calling out to people who have different ideas. Okay, for example, okay, maybe these have these have to be things that um, empower the Zimbabwean person. Firstly, the Zimbabwean, then the African person, and then going out. Um, for example, we do not have any solar plant in Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we want people with those kind of ideas that, you know, we are mining this and this and that, and we are capable of creating solar on our own. So let's do one, two, three, four, five. Those kind of uh, people who also can show for us um, different syllabuses, present to us something, something that, you know, people can benefit from, you know, be it financial literacy, be it... Um, mining a different way of mining or a different way of doing agriculture etc because we are really looking for different syllabuses and smart things that people have to come up with so we are very interested in partnering with people we are very interested in uh, listening to people in whatever they have to show and whatever they have to offer or whatever they might need for them to put to ground what they have been thinking about Okay, so Sue, you take on from this whole discussion what you learned or what you want to share, whatever. I think the most important thing is uh, what they're doing to young people who want to advance their studies and starting at uh, the basics of career guidance and then uh, giving them opportunities then to explore other options rather than you saying, uh, because someone told me I need to do marketing, then I have to do this, but what do you want? As, and I really applaud their organization for what they're doing. And I just want young people out there to go there, get the career guidance and, you know. Do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Okay, so my take home is, um, uh, Chris mentioned something about how uh, we're not only focused on uh, the scholarships, not only, only focused on uh, kids who are, for, who are coming straight from school, but even uh, at mature entry. Because, you know, there are some people who, who still want to advance, but for some reason they didn't do that at that same time, but until are paid. So uh, that's cool. So, guys, once again, the career board who thanks thanks for listening to we meet next time same place same time so this is a career zimbabwe initiative uh in partnership with career 263 where you're free to say it and free to do it and please do follow us on our social pages um instagram twitter facebook and even our website and don't forget to like and also share your views uh share your comments so what we need what you need to discuss next time or you guess you want us to invite so that we keep that information pumping out so till next time guys bye bye capital 263